Hi there, it's me, Izzy. And me, Eleanor. Welcome back to our second episode. We made one, now we're making another one. We plan to make more than two in the future, yeah, too. That's yeah. pretty sick. We're pretty excited. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. We enjoyed making it. It was a dandy good time. And I hope you enjoy this one. We're hoping we're hoping we'll enjoy making this one. We'll uh, yeah, see. we'll see how it goes. We still don't have a microphone, so sorry about that. How about from now on, I, I'll just tell you when we do have a microphone. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be easier. And this week, we're celebrating Eleanor's birthday week. It's coming. It's coming up. It's Well, at the time that you're listening to it, it's a week from yesterday. It's November seventeenth. Yeah. The same day as Danny DeVito. Yep. So me and Danny DeVito are identical twins. That's true. Same age too. So November seventeenth. Wish them both a happy birthday. And to celebrate Eleanor's birthday, we're talking about not her favorite musical because she doesn't have one, but one of her favorites. I would say it would definitely be top five, maybe top three. Musicals? Top three to five. I don't know. Sometimes it's my favorite, so that's pretty sick. We've spent all day watching videos of Bear. I've been having a good time. Our parents have not been having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, just a preface. Spoilers. We're probably going to talk about spoilers. In fact, for most episodes from here on out, you should assume we're going to talk about spoilers. We'll mention it every time, in case there's new people listening, but... There's going to be spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. So get ready. If you don't want them, then you got to go listen to a different podcast. Leave. We are going to be spoiling the end of the the episode. The episode. (laughs) The end of the show. Ella, you want to sum it up quick? All right. This show is about some teens at a Catholic high school. It mainly revolves around these two boys who are in love and the challenges they face in the religious environment, along with other characters who have different struggles, mostly revolving around religion. To give you a quick history of Bear, a pop opera, it first opened in LA in 2000, and then in 2004, it was off-Broadway, starring Michael Arden as Peter of Deaf West Spring Awakening fame. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that counts as fame, but he's famous in my heart. He also directed Once on this Island. He did. He's a really good director. Anyway, then there was a revival in 2003, which is the one we're most familiar with. Yes. It was really good. Hi, it's me, Izzy. I'm editing right now, and I realized I said the revival was in 2003. That's not true. The LA revival was in 2013. So I don't know if I say that again, but just take that into account when you're listening. And that is up on YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's up on YouTube, and we love it. And I'll... I think it's legal on YouTube. It is legal. It was recorded, like, there's multiple cameras. It's good. I'll put a link in the episode description. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to talk about some of my favorite things about Bear a Pop Opera. My favorite songs in Bear a Pop Opera are All Grown Up and Portrait of a Girl. They're really emotional, they make me cry. And Ivy gets the best solos. You're an Ivy stan. I'm an Ivy stan. (laughs) She gets the best solos. She's a very interesting character. And overall, I'm in love with her. I'm gonna be real. I'm in love with her. I'm gonna marry her. Don't know how? Ivy Robinson, if you're out there, my sister wants to marry you. Please report to our house immediately. Those, Those songs just 
They're so good. I can't, I can't put it into coherent words, but they are incredible. And they're one of my favorites out of like musicals, all musicals. I know I said that about somewhere that's green in the last episode, but I stand by it. Do you have a favorite song? My favorite songs are Are You There and One. That's what One called. is really yeah. good. Uh, it's just, it's a high quality song. Whenever Matt Lloyd sings, I'm like, you can't see, it's a podcast. I'm making a little heart with my hands. Yes. <laughs> um, my favorite character in Bear a Pop Opera is the one and the only Lucas Carter. Lucas Carter. My boy. The chaotic bisexual energy that that boy gives off. Man, I'm in love. I love that boy. Big mood. Also, he's a really fun character, but also he's like a really caring, friendly neighborhood drug dealer, which I'm a big fan of. Some things that made me think of this is after Jason is outed, Lucas throws out a little like, hey, we're still cool. And like, you can you can hang out with me. We're cool, which I think is really important. And I love it. <laughs> and also his line in Wonderland, that's like, play the game player, but play to stay in it. I love it. He's such a friendly guy, even though he's a drug dealer. He's and I love him. So good. The implication that drug dealers aren't friendly. <laughs> if you're a drug dealer, I... Alienate possible, possible people who are listening. But yeah, I think the we're still cool to Jason at the end. Like, I know that then Jason must have been feeling really isolated and really lonely. And I wish... It had ended better for him, but the we're still cool was just, like, Lucas clearly saw that, and he clearly, like, maybe didn't really know what to say, but wanted to say something anyway to help him, and I think it's good. Yeah. He tried to reach out and make that connection. Who's your favorite character? <laughs> um, my favorite character is Matt Lloyd. <laughs> um, I know this, um, might be controversial, was even controversial to myself at first. But I know that Matt is often seen as a villain. And I just I want to say I don't think any of the children in Bear are villains. And I, I like Matt Lloyd. And I know he does really bad stuff. And I'm going to talk more about Matt later. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of the kids should be villainized. Like, they all do bad things. And Matt clearly does worse stuff than Peter does, but I, I don't know. He's still, I, I think he's a good boy. I think it's part of the system that, and the religion plays into it. Yeah. But I don't think he wanted, I, or this is getting a little incomprehensible, but. More about Matt later on. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about Matt more later. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to go on to my favorite line in the show. This is more sad um <laughs> than me talking about lucas carter but um well, i already the, brought it down like it was a stair step from like lucas carter to matt <laughs> to this line okay my favorite line in the show is father we were so in love and that's what i find so odd our love was pure and nothing else brought me closer to god because when peter says this to father flynn it's like a mic drop moment like it's he brings it back to religion and how like it's not an anti-religion show i would say it's more the way religion is taught because peter the thing that he was taught was wrong 
in his religious teachings was what helped him in his religion to get closer to God, which I think is really neat because it helps pull through the theme of Bear and how it's not anti-religion, which it may come across as that, but it's just the way religion is being taught. Yeah, I definitely, I think it's really cool how religion isn't the antagonist of the show because Peter does find joy in his religion, I think, and he knows, like, God loves him. And Sister Chantelle is religious, and she's still a very good person, and she cares about Peter, and she doesn't care if he's gay, and she supports him. And I think that's really interesting because a lot of gay stories, religion is the antagonist of the story, which is valid because it's bad for a lot of gay people. But I think it's interesting to see a story where there's gay people who are religious, and it's not bad for them. Well, it's still bad for them. <laughs> but, but, like, that he's able to enjoy his religion and be religious and still be gay. And he has faith that God loves him. I think a lot of that, um, a lot of what helps him in that is God don't make no trash. Because the way I see it is there is Sister Chantel who is teaching religion to the students, but in a more positive way that helps them. And Father Flynn who is teaching religion in a more harmful way, which negatively Mm -hmm. impacts the students. So it's, religion does serve a negative impact on the kids, but it's not necessarily the religion as how it's being put on them. Yeah, you worded that a lot better than I did. That was (laughs) was a good way to put it. All right, you want to talk about some productions? I put OBC on my notes, which is not true, because it was never on Broadway. But it was off-Broadway, which is what I meant to talk about by putting that. We have never watched a video of it, because that's illegal. The nasty bootleggers. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, But this is the one we usually listen to. And Michael Arden's in it, so that's pretty cool. Love that guy. Michael Arden, if you're out there, we love you. I love you. I don't know much about the off-Broadway one, but it happened. It happened, and I assume it was good. We watched the L.A. Revival today, and we watched Bear the Musical today. We should have watched the OBC, the original off-Broadway cast today, but we didn't. As one might say, the O-O-B-C. The oobs. (laughs) Oobs. Anyway, the next one that we're going to talk about is the L.A. Revival, which is the one we probably are the most familiar with. Mm -hmm. Usually when we watch it, this is the one we watch. And it's legal. We already mentioned this. Yes. It's, it's legal. It's recorded. I'm going to link to it. All right, We're we not criminals. That. We're not criminals. Just kidding. We are criminals. Shh. <laughs> um, anyway, did you hear something? I don't know what that was. But I really like this production. I love the cast. I think it's fantastic. The girl who played Ivy Robinson was in an episode of Glee. Yeah. I we were re-watching Glee, and we were like, is that, is that Ivy Robinson? And it was. It was. I forget her name, but... I'll look it up later. <laughs> that won't help them. I'll look it up later and I'll put it in the description. I'll say, mm. Ivy played so-and-so in Glee. Uh-huh. That's all I have to say about LA. We're now moving into the most cursed section of this podcast. All right. We're going to complain. We're going to complain about Bear the Musical, probably for a large portion of the rest of this podcast. I have a full page of notes on this. So if you're a Bear the Musical stan... <laughs> Get out of here! Just skip. 
just skip a little bit and then I'll be talking about something else later. But for a while, it's going to be this. And probably we'll be talking, like, it'll probably be like, complain about Bear the Musical, and then that'll give a nice little segue into, like, things we like about Bear Pop Opera, so we'll probably be back and forth talking about both of them, I think. Yeah. Bear the Musical sucks! Bear the Musical sucks. My first little bullet point here is, straight up, why would you let Matt sing Portrait of a Girl? My first bullet point is just, sucks. Valid. But my second one is also about Portrait of a Girl. (laughs) Because it sucks the way they did it. Why would you take... Portrait of a Girl, and make it a love song. Why? It's like they missed the entire point of what Portrait of a Girl is singing. Portrait of a Girl in Bear Pop Opera is about Ivy not being understood by her classmates and just, like, looking like a two-dimensional person to them. Like, they think they know her, but they don't really know her. And then Matt sings Portrait of a Girl. And then Matt, probably the person who knows her the least out of their friend Mm -hmm. group, gets to sing Portrait of a Girl, which they've turned into a love song. It's horrifying. Horrifying. I am horrified by what they did to Portrait of a Girl. And then... Portrait of a Boy. Portrait of a Boy (laughs) was a song, or at least a reprise. It was... That was, like, Matt sang... Portrait of a girl, and then Ivy sang Portrait of a boy, like in one song, like that mm-hmm. was their chorus. Well, I guess. it sucked. It sucked. It was poorly thought through. I didn't like it. It was no good. I really don't like to see that. They were just like, let's take this song about a girl lamenting on how everyone thinks she's really shallow when she's not, and then have the boy who thinks he knows her but he really doesn't know her at all sing a love song. And call it the same thing that the other song was called. It's no good. It strips away the character traits that were given to Ivy in Bear Pop Opera. It was terrible. I feel like you guys should know why it's bad, but I feel like I just have to keep saying <laughs> it was bad. It's not a love song. Like, hello, it's not a love song. And they did that with Ivy throughout the whole thing. Ivy was painted as the villain of Bear. Um, also, she had a reprise with Jason of Portrait of a Girl that was also a love song, and that was no good either. <laughs> but, yeah, throughout the whole musical, they're just completely demonizing Ivy and Jason and acting like Peter, Matt, and Nadia are, like, the heroes, especially Matt. <laughs> they were, like, really playing him up like some kind of hero. Like, how tragic is it that Ivy doesn't want to date him? But he still defends her. But he's also a very nice guy. He's so sweet. He's a amazing. Like, he was nice guy. Like, <laughs> capital M, capital G, nice guy. And, like, they never like, want to go out with the nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm previously stated, I'm a fan of Matthew Lloyd and... Even I know that that's no good. That's not good writing. Like, Matt is not a hero of this story. He's the closest thing to, well, Father Flynn is the closest thing to an antagonist. But Matt is the next closest. Like, low-key, he su- high-key, he kind of sucks. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to go into it again. But he's not the hero of the story. But he's not the villain. Yeah. He's... He's in the middle, which is where a lot of these characters Which is where all of the kids go. are. And also, they did bad stuff with Nadia's character. Bad. Nadia's character was also the drug dealer now. Yeah, Lu- they, Lucas is gone, 
Lucas is gone. It was devastating. Lucas is just missing. They they revoked all of Lucas's rights. I miss him. You were saying earlier when we were watching about why you thought Nadia should not be a drug dealer character. I think now I'm going to stereotype drug dealers a little Ella, bit. Ella, you are being so hard on drug dealers this episode. I'm sorry, but usually drug dealers would be at parties because they're given drugs. Or drug dealers would have lots of people around them because it's part of networking, you know? Mm-hmm. That's their business, is having lots of, like, friends and people around them. And Nadia is very lonely all the time. She's a lonely character, and I think that's one of the interesting things about her. Like, she is invited to a party, but she doesn't go, and then she sings A Quiet Night at Home. And I just don't think it fits her character type to put her as being a drug dealer. I definitely think it doesn't fit, because even in Bear the Musical, they're still trying to, like, cast her as, like, the outcast that no one likes, but then... Everyone comes to her and they're like, hello, give me the drugs. And she's like, sure thing. Like, they all, like, they're trying to cast her, like, this, like, angry, lonely outcast. And then they're, like, giving her that character trait, too. And it doesn't really make sense. Being an outcast and a drug dealer isn't very good for your business. You have to network yourself into that. And she, her character traits in Barra Pop Opera is she's very lonely and... It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. I don't like what they did with her. I have one that says, weird off-brand high school musical, which I don't have much to say, but there's a scene near the beginning where the basketball players are bullying Jason for joining the play, and it's like, high school musical. He's Troy Bolton. Yeah, I don't know why they added it. I don't know why there was a whole, like, locker room scene and the basketball team at the beginning kept coming up as, like... Yeah. Like, when they said the F word a lot. They said the F slur so many times. It's like, the writers were just like, how many times can we put the F slur in one musical? I'm, like, it was so much. This is bad. That was another thing that made me, like, like I don't trust... I don't trust them. Because they do say the F slur in Bear of Hop Opera twice, I believe. But it's like, okay, like, sometimes in media, there are okay ways to do it. It's fitting. It's fitting. Like, and it's well done. But in this one, it was just, like, everywhere. It's similar to the way I feel about the D-slur being used in in the prom. prom. Yeah. That'll be... Talk about that later. I'm sure we'll make an episode about it. They only use it, like, once. Yeah, but but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, that doesn't really go here. This is back a little bit, but while we were talking about Ivy, I wanted to add this in. There is a subplot that Ivy slept with a teacher at her old school, and I hate it. I hate that subplot. I do too. And part of that subplot is that Nadia tells people at their current school that it happened just to try and be mean to Ivy. I'm not sure if there's more motive. I don't think so. But Ivy and Nadia is a relationship that I think is very neat in Bear a Pop Opera, and it was not as thought through in Bear the Musical. I agree. I really think it was well thought through in the Pop Opera because for most of the show, they are mean to each other, and I think they're resentful of each other and sometimes jealous of each other, and you can tell in their actions, 
But when it comes down to it, like this, the show was about a group of friends. And as soon as Ivy confides in Nadia that she's pregnant, Nadia turns it around and she's really supportive and like tries to help her. And you can tell that they are friends, even though they don't always get along. Also, I feel like part of that storyline is that Ivy has recently moved in, which it's a small bit, but I don't like that either. Because there's a line in All Grown Up, and it's something like, remember back in seventh grade, like the group of kids that this story revolves around have been really close since a very young age. And I think that has strong impacts on the way they interact with each other. I think so too. I think that's part of what makes it so devastating is that like this story I think it's easy to forget because of how Nadia and Ivy fight and how and the things that Matt says to Peter and Jason but this is about a group of friends who have been friends for a really long time and they just kind of took that away in Bear the Musical. It's a small group and they're tight and I think most of the things they do to each other, even if it negatively impacts each other, they're doing it out of love. I believe all of the teens in this show have a love for each other. I think they're friends. I think so, too. And I think it's really easy sometimes to forget how close they are. Like, even Matt. Matt does horrible things to Jason, but they're friends. I want to talk about Sister Joan. (laughs) In Bear, a pop opera, there's a character named Sister Chantel, and she is a good lady who loves her students, and she's sweet, and she's accepting of Peter when he needs help, and she's also a black woman. In Bear, the musical, there's a Sister Chantel is gone, and there's a character named Sister Joan, who is a white woman, and... Like, they're very similar. They're both, they both help Peter when he needs help. They both care about their students and are not, like, so conservative. But you can, you can just tell they just wanted to switch it up and have a white woman play Sister Chantel. It's which... so interesting because it's not like they just had Sister Chantel except they made her white. No, they changed her characteristics to be more white. Yeah. Like your name, first off, Joan, and then... Hail Mary? Hail Mary. They change it drastically. It's it's worse. It's so much worse. In Vera Pop Opera, it's called 911 Emergency, and in Vera the Musical, it's called Hail Mary, and it's just really different and not as good. Uh-uh. It's bad. And you can just tell they rewrote Sister Chantel's parts so that a white woman could swoop in and play her. And there's no real reason behind it. Like, they could have just hired a black woman. Because the only changes they made to the character were making her white. Yeah. There wasn't... There was other plot points added that wouldn't have mattered if she was black or white. Like, um, there's plot points that she got transferred from the other school for teaching sex education. Right. And, yeah, Sister Joan, 
The only things that they changed for her was so that a white woman could play her, and it's just no good. Speaking of unnecessary changes, most of the songs were to the exact tune of the songs from Barra Pop Opera with just slightly changed words. Yeah, there's a couple songs that are completely new lyrics, but to the same tune and fit in the song, like the original songs, but completely new lyrics, which I think is bizarre. I couldn't understand why. Like, it would be, like, similar sentences even, just, like, rewording. So the only thing I could think that would maybe make it make sense is if, like, for rights reasons, to make it, like, a whole separate thing. That's what I thought, like, maybe to change it from a pop opera to a musical or something, you have to have a certain amount of changes, but that doesn't really make sense to me. A lot of the changes were completely unnecessary because it said the same thing, it was just, it didn't flow as nice. It was just weird wording. Yeah, it was... It was just really weird because I love those songs and I'd be like, oh, I love this song. And I'd go to sing along and they were just singing completely different lyrics. But same music. Another song that was weird was Once Upon a Time. It was very similar to the original Once Upon a Time, except it was sped up. Like a ton. It was like they were racing through it. And I'm not sure why. I guess it's another one of those changes that just doesn't make sense. Like, why change it? It sounded incredible in Bear a Pop Opera. such a good song. So many of the changes in Bear the Musical just don't make sense. Another change I'd like to talk about is Role of a Lifetime. Yeah. Role of a Lifetime was given to Jason in Bear the Musical. In Bear a Pop Opera, Peter sang it. And it was near the beginning of the show. They gave it to Jason, and it was near the end of Act 1 in Bear the Musical. Role of a Lifetime goes fine with Jason's plotline. It, it fits fine, especially with the way they set it up. It doesn't bother me as much that Jason has it as it does that Peter doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. I think the writers really liked Peter and really didn't like Jason. Because we mentioned before that Jason and Ivy were always villainized. Which is true. They clearly don't like them. Which I thought it was an interesting choice to give this song to Jason because I feel like it really humanizes him. Yes, and with Peter, they made Peter very two-dimensional. Role of a Lifetime is one of the main things I feel that gives Peter more depth, more emotional depth. And he didn't have it. He came across as very self-assured and funny throughout the musical, which isn't exactly how I see Peter. We didn't see any of his internal turmoil about all of this. I think they did that because they loved Peter, but I think it took away from Peter in the end. I think they wanted him to seem self-assured and likable and funny, and for Jason to not seem self-assured, But I think by giving Jason that song, it humanizes him more. For me personally, it was very off-putting. It made me not like the Peter in the musical. Yeah. Because he didn't have depth. It made me feel very weary and unsure towards Peter. Yeah, that makes sense. Another thing I wanted to bring up was something I love about Bear a Pop Opera is the sibling relationship between Nadia and Jason because they're twins and they don't seem to be super close, but 
It's obvious that they love each other. You can see it a lot in Plain Jane Fatass. Yeah. And when she comforts him after Promise. Like, you can see that they love each other and care about each other. And they are friends. And I think it's really good to see that. Because you don't always get really good sibling relationships like that. Like our sibling relationship. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And in Bear the Musical, they just took all of that away. Like, they resent each other. Or at least Nadia resents Jason. And also, they just don't interact that much. They hardly ever interact. And when they do, one scene that sticks out to me is Nadia being angry at Jason for getting cast in the show because it basically stopped her from getting the lead because they couldn't cast siblings as Romeo and Juliet, which I... See where she's coming from because I think theater was always more her thing than his. But just to be so outwardly resentful of your sibling when they have something good happening is, I don't think it's a good way to portray siblings. And it's so interesting because none of her blame was put on Jason in the pop opera. They did that actively to make their relationship worse in the musical. True. She placed all of the blame on Ivy. Yeah. In... Bear a pop opera, the same thing happened where he was cast as Romeo and she couldn't get Juliet. But in that case, she put all the blame on Ivy and Sister Chantelle a little bit for not casting her. She didn't put any of it on her brother. So it was more like she already resented Ivy, so it just backed to that more. And it didn't spread it around so that everyone had more resentment towards everyone else. Yeah. Like there were key, they each had someone. Yeah. That they weren't resentful towards, which I felt was important. In Bear the Musical, it just felt like Nadia was resentful of everyone. I don't think she had anyone that she was, like, friends with. And while Nadia is a lonely person, she does have people. Yeah. Like, in Bear, a pop opera, she does love her friends. Like, she's lonely, but it doesn't come from that. It's more the state she's in. Yeah. But one thing that I think is extremely fascinating and bizarre about the musical is its all-star cast. It has such a good cast. There's so many people in it who I love. Barrett, Wilbert Weed, Taylor Trench, Alex Weiss, Alice Alice, Lee. But yeah, it's insane. Like, I don't know how so many people who I adore signed off to be a part of this monstrosity it's no good maybe they didn't know the original yeah because we're afraid that the musical itself might not seem so bad yeah if we didn't already know the pop opera i'm very afraid that if i had liked the musical first or that i had never heard of the opera maybe then i would really still like it but compared to the thing that it's supposed to be based on it's not good at all it's not good we would like to end our Bear the Musical Hate on a high note, though. Yes, such a high note. The best friend song. The best friend song is the only redeeming quality about this musical. <laughs> um, Diane, played by Alice, and Peter, played by Taylor Trench, sing a song about best friends where Diane is asking Peter if he has a best friend, and Peter's saying he doesn't think so, and she's telling him, like, Jason's his best friend and saying all the qualities that a best friend has. And it's so sweet. It's so cute. 
It's such a cute song. I wish it was in Bear a Pop Opera. Me too. It doesn't fit Bear a Pop Opera. It doesn't. But it's a wonderful, it's just a fun moment. It's one of those moments, Peter is very funny in Bear the Musical, which isn't something I would say he necessarily yeah. is in the pop opera. But this is a moment that was really cute. Both versions of Bear can get pretty sad, and it was kind of a break from that. A little comedic relief. Yeah, I loved it a lot. Me too. It was so sweet. It was really cute. I did think that each of these actors did well, though. I didn't like the characters, but I still love those actors. Me too. They're still good actors. I I wanted to throw that out there. I still love them. I love them, and they did a good job. I just wish they weren't in that show, because it's not a good show. Is it time for Trans Matthew Lloyd? It's time for Trans Matthew Lloyd. Gang, hear me out. I know no one likes Matthew Lloyd, but I like Matthew Lloyd. And personally, as a non-binary person, it's my God-given right to make up <laughs> trans headcans about people. And in my own personal opinion, Matthew Lloyd is transgender. Here's my evidence. <laughs> Some of this evidence is coming from a Tumblr post that I saw a long time ago that kind of started this for me. I will link to it because it's a good one. So there's a line in Bear a Pop Opera. This is based on Bear a Pop Opera because I I don't like Matt in Bear the Musical. It's it's no good. But in Bear a Pop Opera, here's my evidence. There's a part where they're talking about class ranks and Lucas is excited because he's not last. Megan Lloyd is last. Megan Lloyd shares the same last name as Matthew Lloyd. Coincidence? Coincidence? I we think, think not. not. We think not. <laughs> Some people have speculated that Megan Lloyd could be a twin. Oh, I forgot the most important part. Lucas is excited because he's not last. Megan Lloyd is. And Tanya, I believe, says, Megan Lloyd got hit by a bus and died, Lucas. Some people have speculated that Megan was Matthew's twin sister. This is valid. I think that's a good guess. Also, though, I'd like to say, population-wise, two sets of twins in the same grade? Sketchy. My my grade had, like, four sets of twins. (laughs) We had, like, a billion twins. Anyway, while this is a valid theory, I propose a different theory. Megan Lloyd could be Matthew Lloyd's dead name. And that's why they might joke about Megan Lloyd being dead, because... This is a religious school, so it's likely that the school wouldn't support his transition, wouldn't want to change his name on things. So the Tumblr post that I saw that first got me started on this speculated that maybe he has a different file by a different name. Like he, I don't know, re-enrolled, re-enrolled in the school. And Megan Lloyd is a leftover kind of ghost, I guess, in the system. And that would be why Megan Lloyd is the bottom of the class. And that would be why they joke about her being dead. Because Matthew Lloyd, that's his dead name. Also, his lines in Are You There, I think make more sense if he's trans than just him being overdramatic about Ivy. Because I know he's sad he doesn't, like, Ivy doesn't like him. That's fair. And I could see him singing about it. But his lines in Are You There are... They feel like more than that. Like, I feel like the lines are being about being isolated and feeling left out. And I think that doesn't necessarily 
work the best with just being upset that Ivy doesn't like him. I think it makes more sense that he's he feels alone because he's transgender at a Catholic school and there's not much support for that there. And I think that just makes more sense than just being upset about it. It gives that character a lot more depth. I think so. Yeah. And also this might be this might be a, a controversial thing to say because I'm not saying Okay, well, I'll say it and then I'll defend myself. I think the homophobia that he exhibits could come from toxic masculinity. And I'm not trying to say that trans people are, like, toxically masculine or that trans people are homophobic. I'm non-binary. I'm, like, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying to be a transgender boy in a school where he was so isolated and probably so scared, I think... The homophobia could have come with trying to blend in. He could have felt pressure to be overly masculine. Like, he really needed to be very masculine to fit in. And to do that, he had to blend in. And homophobia probably came with that at a Catholic school. Teen boys are very good at homophobia. That's true. (laughs) So, that's what I gotta say about trans Matthew Lloyd. And I know, I know he does really bad stuff. And that this doesn't make up for it. And I know... But it gives him more depth. Yeah. And you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. And I'm, there's no pressure for you to. And I feel like I might get judgment for saying that Matthew's my favorite character. But, you know, I stand by it. I don't think he needs to be villainized. He's a teen boy, just like all the other characters. And I think that that's part of the reason why this show is so important. It's been like... 20 years since this show was put on, roughly. Wow. Yeah. It was older than I thought. Yeah, I think it was written in, like, 1999. Wow. But, um, it's very current. It feels very current. When you're listening to it, when you're seeing it, the characters feel like they could be here and now. And there's a lot of problems with it, obviously. And those problems have not been fixed. It's still happening, you know? The religious overtones, that sort of religious teachings are still being taught, and the suicide rate among gay teens is still very high. And so it's still very relevant, and I'm not saying it's solving things, but it's bringing them to light, and I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. I think, I didn't really realize until we were doing research today that it was, like, 20 years old. I think it's so strange and kind of disheartening that this musical that was written 20 years ago could just as easily take place right now with no changes. I just think it's really important. It brings light to a lot of issues going on in the religious community and in society as a whole. And it's a sad show. And I love shows like that, that bring very relevant things to the table, even if they're not new shows. They don't have to be new to be relevant. But I was just thinking about it, how it was written like 20 years ago. And it's just, it's really sad to think about how the exact same chain of events could happen today. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening again. Thank you. We did have fun recording it and I hope you had fun listening to it. Happy early birthday, Eleanor. It's a week from yesterday. So that's pretty exciting. Our next episode is going up on November 25th. We hope you'll listen again. Bye. Bye. Love Love you. you.